Untitled MMA Podcast, February 4th, 2020. Uh, no fights this last weekend because of the Super Bowl. I don't think the UFC ever does fights on Super Bowl weekend anymore. I guess, according to Ariel Hawani, that used to be a big thing. Yeah, it was. When I first started watching, Super Bowl weekend was like International Fight Week. But now that the sport has grown and you want it to be a standalone thing, I get not piggybacking off of the biggest sporting event in the U.S. every year. Although I feel like it would still be a good opportunity to put on a decent card like on ESPN. I'm Buju, by the way. I am Brendan. And I'm Bryce. I do agree with you, though. Like, But at the same time, it's like nobody's paying, to, paying attention to any sports except the Super Bowl on Super Bowl weekend. I will say I didn't even pay attention to the Super Bowl and Super Bowl weekend. I did not give oh. a single crap oh, about old, the Super Bowl. Old sports ball Bryce over here. <laughs> That's crazy because this is a really good Super Bowl. Like just not even you know, I, from any like, perspective. I can, un- I can appreciate the storyline, but I've maybe watched three quarters total of the NFL this entire season. Didn't it seem like this was like the least talked about Super Bowl there's ever been going into it? I don't know. It seems the same. To me, it felt like we weren't talking about the Super Bowl at all. Maybe it's because of the Kobe stuff. Yeah, it's very possible. But it does seem like this Super Bowl, for me, is the most anybody's ever watched us, not even big football fans. Like, I've been seeing so many girls posting. It's kind of fucked up to say it's very stereotypical, but a lot of girls that typically don't watch football post about football, talk about football, posting about let's go, blah, blah, certain team. So there's a lot of cheering from non-football fans, which kind of gets on my nerves, but it is what it is. I, I can it, live with it because it's the Super Bowl. People like the commercials just as much as they like the game. But what gets me is when somebody says, let's go, for an example, Chiefs, if I see that, I don't know if I'm just like, if they're just cheering for this team for this particular game like I am with the 49ers, like I'm just cheering for this team for this game, or are they just hopping on the bandwagon and actually cheering for them. So, like, I don't know. It gets under my skin when it shouldn't at all. The perspective for me that what bothers me about that stuff from my perspective is I've been a Cubs fan since the day I was born. Like, I didn't have a choice in that fucking matter. And I suffered through so many terrible fucking Cubs seasons before they finally won one in 2016. And then all these other people who didn't give a fuck until three weeks before are celebrating like they just waited 25 years for that to happen. No, motherfucker, this is mine. You can pick a team and wait 25 years for yours, but this one's mine. Yeah, I just feel like if I were to watch it, I'd pick a team to root for. I probably would have picked the Chiefs, and it would have. I feel like it's easier to enjoy something if you can make a rooting interest in it. And I last, don't really have a problem with it. I though can definitely understand your frustrations. Lastly, one thing I always see is if somebody's a fan of a team that's not even close to here, I always assume they're bandwagon. Like for example, Chiefs are in fucking Minnesota. Missouri. Missouri, same place. All right, Trump. (laughs) (laughs) Minnesota and obviously San Francisco 49ers. I assume they're bandwagons, but at the same time, I'm a fan of the Boston Celtics. So Yeah. Yeah, I'm a Celtics fan as well, and that was 100% a bandwagon thing when that started. But since then, they've gone through some very dark uh, periods. That's the thing. When you're a fucking kid and you pick a team and you pick the Dallas Cowboys or something, that's fine. But as long as you stick with the Dallas Cowboys through when they're trash, then, yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. But before we lose MMA fans, let's talk MMA. Uh, yeah. 
Before we move on from the Super Bowl, I do what, did want to say, I thought it was a very mad game for the first three quarters. It was a really good game for three quarters. I don't know. It just felt like, it, it didn't feel like the Super Bowl to me. I didn't watch a single snap, so. That's a take. I was, yeah, okay. It was, <laughs> it was a good game. All right. Um, Until I started losing money minute by minute. Yeah. <laughs> Brendan had the same amount of money on the winner as I did. So, fucking high roller oh. Brendan over here. <laughs> Mine was straight up, so he can win. He, It was only one and a half, though, so it wasn't. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Shit happens. Not a lot to talk about MMA-wise this week, because there wasn't any fights this last weekend. And I, want, I feel like I say this every single week, but there wasn't a lot of news either. Um, one thing I wanted to touch on that nobody seems to be talking about is Wiley Zhang is definitely not making this fight with Yuani and Jacek. No, no. The, so there's the Corona out or what is it, co- coronavirus, coronavirus outbreak in China right now. She just stopped her camp. Where what? When is that fight? Is it even? I didn't even know that it was officially announced. Oh yeah. Hold on. Or I feel like I probably did. Um, I'm looking. I'm looking. Everybody, calm down. I'm pulling it up on my phone. It was very bad that. Um, 248 so this is so like in a month march 7th that's right okay so we're four weeks out she just stopped her camp four weeks out she already has her visa applied for which when you apply for a visa like she applied for the visa for this fight to come into the usa for this fight so she only has a certain time frame where she can be in the united states she can't come early so she's already stopped her camp. She can't come here early to train. She has to go through the whole visa process again to reapply, which takes time in itself. She's just not training for this fight. Don't know if she's going to be able to get out of China. And people that are coming in from China are getting quarantined. So this yeah, fight's for like just, two weeks. This fight's just not going to happen. Yeah, it, yeah, probably not. Unless, so the, it, was that the main event? Do you know? No, it's the co-main event. All right, I think. Unless fucking Uncle Dana can pull some strings with the government somehow. This fight is not happening, and nobody's talking about it. And they yeah, obviously that's don't want to go into Romero card. That's okay. the main event. And there. they obviously don't want to go into China because that's where the virus no, is can't strong. do that. Yeah, that's a bad move. And the fight's already planned, so you're just going to have to postpone it or something. I I'm just not very knowledgeable on the coronavirus because it's definitely what I've read. It's not as it's bad as people deal. make it seem. They had to close down an entire city in China. Multiple cities are court like quarantined. There's Can't a, leave. I saw like a chart comparison of this compared to influenza. Well, obviously, yeah, but flu is so much bigger and it's been around for a long. But longer. this seems also, to be this more is serious. something new, and it's more serious than the flu. Like, there's no cure for this either. And I don't. My numbers could be off here, but there was one city. I can't think of the name of it right now. But it's like it's a city of like 20 million people. And they closed it down, but five million people had already left. So that's wild. Yeah, I didn't even re- I didn't even think about that because I saw that there's some sort of news that she was looking to yeah, go went- to Las Vegas early to uh, move her camp, but mm-hmm. obviously that may not be happening. And getting a visa is already a motherfucker, especially when you're coming in from China, and then you have travel restrictions because of the current. Um, what am I, what's the word I'm looking for here? Leadership in the country. Um, and then you have mm-hmm. the coronavirus outbreak, so there's even further restrictions on China. Then people are getting quarantined when they come in. Yeah, this fight's just not going to happen. Not on March yeah, 7th. Not in a month. So. Because also, I wouldn't want it to fight 
the fight to happen at this point because she had to stop her camp. Even if she somehow can get to the U.S. and physically be here by yeah. uh, fight day, I want her to be at her best when she fights Joanna. Eh, I'll take a win. but yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm sure you would. I just want the best uh, out of both fighters. So so what do you do if, you, if you're the UFC? Do you just call this fight off and you got to. push it back? Or do you have Joanna fight somebody on March 7th? You might. I mean, sure. She can. I don't know if I'm Ioana. I don't think I want to fight anybody. Yeah, I wouldn't want to fight. I want to want to take the risk, especially yeah, her in her career. She's guaranteed that title shot. I'm not trying to fight anybody. Fair enough. I will wait, considering it's only going to probably be like a month or two that she might have to wait. She still I has to go through the visa process again. You don't know what's going to happen with the virus. I would imagine that she could probably get some sort. Of, I mean, she could probably also go to a different country to train. Uncle Dane's got to call, cash in a favor with old Donnie T and get this, this taken is, care of. <laughs> that would be a move. If if this fight happens and there's something crazy that gets Zang here quickly, that would be uh, quite the move. What if Trump tweets out, we have to get Wiley Zang here before March 7th for her title <laughs> fight? I promise I will personally take care of this. That would be insane. <laughs> I, I wouldn't put it past him. <laughs> Um, yeah. What else we got? Not much. Um, Jorge Masvidal <laughs> versus Cameron Usman is likely for July. Um, it seems like that was probably the likelihood of what was going to happen anyways. Mm-hmm. But the fact that Dane is leaning that way now, we have a ballpark of a date, and it's confirmed that Jorge Masvidal is next in line. I'm very happy mm-hmm. with that. Yeah, that's cool. I didn't. I saw a post from some like unreliable MMA source on Facebook and I didn't see the source right away. I saw just like, it's the typical picture that UFC posts when the fight happens. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Just yeah. a picture of the two fighters and the date. I was going to tag you cause it was like two minutes ago. I was like, fuck yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to break the news. Scrolled up, saw it. And then I went through uh, UFC and everything and they didn't post it. So I was like, Oh, maybe it's not happening. Dana said on some podcast or interview or something that that's the target right now. Yeah. I it's think gonna that, be that also makes more sense. I think that's the best fight. And it's hard to say because you just had Usman versus Colby in, a month ago or whatever it was. But I think that's the best fight on paper at welterweight we've had in quite some time. Yeah, it's a very interesting matchup. And it's probably going to be a bigger... Do you think it should be a bigger draw than Colby and Usman? Because Usman's oh, a bigger draw now. Jorge Masvidal is one of the biggest draws in the UFC right now. Yeah. And Usman's is a bigger draw after that fight, for sure. Yes. Mm-hmm. And Colby made his fucking comeback. They will talk about that in a second. But as far as uh, this yeah. fight goes, I, I kind of question it because I don't undermine Colby's drawing abilities just because how much people hate him. I think that he was above average in his draw leading up to that fight. But I, I think that Usman already was a bigger draw going into that because he was a champion and he's even. You think Usman was a bigger draw than Colby going into that fight? Yeah. I don't know about that. Yeah, either. I don't know. I feel like uh, Colby had Colby was being talked about in other circles. I don't know if Usman was. I think he I, is now. I think that he was the bigger draw. Just because I, I think even if he was <clears throat> talked about outside of other circles, I don't know how many of those people actually bought the pay-per-view. <clears throat> That's fair enough. Yeah, uh, but even I still, think the bigger MMA draw was Cameron Usman. I don't know, man. How do we? And we don't know the fucking numbers for pay per view buys anymore, which is infuriating. But do you yeah. feel how far 
buy buy rate wise, do you think that fight exceeded the typical people who are always going to buy that fight no matter what? You know what I mean? How far? Not a huge amount because I don't think that. I mean, it was a solid card, but I think he's still one of the weaker draws as champion. Because no matter who the bigger draw was, I don't think it was a a top sixty or top forty percent like interest wise. Yeah, I agree. Maybe afterwards because of how good the fight was and everything and the ending that we did get. But going into it, like I don't think it was I don't think it was a remarkable sell. Mm-hmm. But I think Usman coming off of that performance against Colby with all the storylines going into it and everything, going against Masvidal with the run he's on and the popularity he's gained and the mainstream attention that he's gotten. I think this is this will be one of the bigger fights of twenty twenty, definitely top half for sure. Yeah. But I do think we're setting up for a lot of big fights this year, so I don't know. Yeah, for sure. I agree with all of your points here. Um, I don't want to just seem like a yes man, but I actually legitimately agree. So who who wins that fight? Usman, Masvidal? It's hard for me not to say Usman because I think that he's just a good enough or smart enough game planner to where he will just grind out an awfully boring fight. And I don't know if Jorge Masvidal could keep him standing up enough to win either decision or knock him out. Yeah, I would have Kamara by decision. I don't I don't disagree with you, but I also thought that the Usman Covington fight was going to be painfully boring. And it was the complete opposite. Mm-hmm. I like I said though before, I think that that was a fight where he thought that the grappling seal was going to be a lot closer than I think he will with Jorge Masvidal. And I think that that's why he decided he would try to trade with him. And I, if he's smart, he doesn't try to trade with Jorge Masvidal because I think he's just a trickier fighter on the feet. And he also has a chance of getting knocked out. To uh, Masvidal's advantage, like the altercations that they've been having or whatever, where they've been almost fighting, that's to Masvidal's advantage because... Yeah. I think one reason that uh, obviously the, it was a good game plan to stand up because you said uh, Kamara think thinks there's less of a difference between their skills and standing up and on the ground, but Masvidal making him mad almost would can maybe make Kamara want to stand up because, like Kamara said, he wanted to knock Kobe out. Maybe he'd want to do the same with Masvidal, which is to Masvidal's advantage. And even with all the talking that Kobe did going into this fight, or going into their fight, it seems like Masvidal's already more in Usman's head than Colby was for some reason. Yeah, I don't understand what the history between those two are. I do know, I mean, obviously, Kamaru used to train at Black Zillions. Jorge trains at ATT, and that's a big camp rivalry. I don't, do you believe that, though? Like, do you think the fighters actually I would actually imagine care? that there's probably some sort of bad blood. Just inherently because of that difference. But I don't know also where... Uh, Cameron Usman trains now because I know that he's still down in South Florida somewhere. Uh-huh. He might even be a fucking ATT. I don't know. I would imagine not. Let's see. Uh, um, but yeah, to, for whatever reason, it seems like Masvidal is already more in Usman's head than Colby was, despite the fact you would think Colby would be. Um, I another thing I wanted to bring up though was. We've I don't know if it's a hundred percent of the time. I don't I definitely don't think it's a hundred percent of the time. But there seems to be a trend where some fighters from a wrestling background who or who are high level wrestlers get to the top level of the UFC and they decide not to be wrestlers anymore. Like 
Johnny Hendricks, Yoel Romero. Um, who am I fucking forgetting right now? God damn. I will say, though, in Yoel Romero's case, before you keep going, I can't remember a time that Yoel actually used his wrestling to a, like, a great degree in his UFC career at all. The fight he shit his pants. <laughs> I don't remember that fight. I don't think I saw that one live. Um, but Daniel I mean, Cormier, I just most of the time see John Romero Jones. use his uh, wrestling as a defensive measure. But he trains at Hard Knocks 365, which is also in Fort Lauderdale. Sure. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to bring up the point that even though Usman is a wrestler and one of the best in the UFC, I think, it's not crazy to think that he's just going to abandon that like a lot of other people have. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I I agree, but I just I don't think that he will. I understand what you're saying. I just don't think he's going to, unless Jorge gets in his head and he wants to just knock out Masvidal, and it's not going to go well because I think that Masvidal will beat him in a striking match for five rounds. I don't even know. After the Colby fight, I don't know. I think that uh, Masvidal is just a lot cleaner and a lot trickier to uh, deal with on the feet because I mean. It seemed like Colby and Kamaru, Kamaru, I keep saying his name differently. That's fine. They're both right. Um, <laughs> I just feel like they're both obviously have good technique, but it's just a different level than like a Jorge Masvidal. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. Colby looked unbelievable in the Robbie Lawler fight. I, yeah, he dominated him for the entirety of it's that also fight, without a, a doubt. It's a big difference in opponent. That's 2019 Robbie Lawler compared to uh, the now champ. So. But Masvidal feels like more of a brawler than a technical striker to me. And maybe Usman can't handle that brawl type of style, but I don't think I don't think Masvidal is going to be a that much greater of a threat on the feet than Colby is. Maybe more power-wise, maybe. Without a doubt, I think for sure because Colby landed what the was it the most uh, significant strikes in a fight or whatever I against believe, Robbie Lawler. I believe so. And what, I think I, I mean, have a take. Go yeah, ahead, feed it. Feed it. I think me. Lawler has a better chance of finishing Kamara than Colby ever did. Robbie, because he's sure. much more of a brawler. Like you know what I mean? Yeah, he's more of a brawler, and I don't know. I'm he has all, power. Like yeah. I, I think that. Uh, Colby's big thing is just wearing guys down, and he couldn't wear down Kamaru like he was able to do with other guys coming up. But another thing is, he, I guess it goes both ways. But Colby also lasted five rounds against pretty powerful punches and Kamara, powerful punches of Kamaru. So that like he's got a really good chin. So it's hard to put that in comparison with Robbie Lawler. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was bad. Well, I wasn't sure if you were done or not. I, I just think that Jorge Masvidal is a lot more power, and he's a lot trickier on the feet to where he shouldn't... Usman's strategy should not be to stand up with him. I think he would lose that fight. Against Masvidal? Yes. I don't think it's going to be all that easy for Usman to get Masvidal to the ground either, though. Like Masvidal's no, not so a bad either, but I think it'll. That's. Uh, I think the path to success. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I also think Kamaru can beat Masvidal standing up. I'm not saying he would, but he has a good probability of doing it. If you had to put a percentage on each fighter, who do you feel like 
what do you feel like you would put it at? What do you mean? Like 55% chance, Usman wins, 45% chance, Masvidal wins. Bryce? I go 60-40, Usman. I'd probably just be a little bit different, 65-35. I feel like it's a 55-45 type of deal. Yeah, I was thinking that, but I want to be a little more definitive in my pick. If gun to my head, obviously I'm picking Usman. He is the champion. Mm-hmm. We've seen him with uh, high adaptability. He can adapt to the type of fight he's in, also controlling the fight that he's in. Um, I don't know. Masvidal is just going to present problems to a lot of people, I feel like, and Usman could be one of them. I agree. Uh, Dana said Con- also said Conor McGregor is probably getting a shot at the winner of Khabib versus Tony. Uh, I don't know if I would necessarily believe that because I don't know if Khabib's going to fight Connor again. I don't feel like Khabib's interested. I think he that, I think be. he's closed that chapter. If he wins, then he might as well retire then because if he does not fight Connor and that's what the UFC wants and that's what Connor wants, they're going to strip him. Do you think they'll strip Khabib after he beats yep. Tony Ferguson? Oh yeah. If he's not know, fighting man. for what? Because it's also Connor's not the true number one contender either. No. But he already beat Poirier. He's a more deserving contender. Just Gaethje. But I'm saying Khabib has an argument. As to to not fight Conor McGregor. I guess guess maybe if he fights Gaethje, then he beats, let's say he beats Tony, then beats Gaethje, and then does the stunt of where he doesn't want to fight Conor, then it's more reasonable Mm -hmm. because Gaethje's the only guy left that is deserving. Because Poirier and Tony yeah. already lost, but yeah. Take Conor McGregor. Take who Conor McGregor is out of it. Just look at the numbers, his win-loss record, his accomplishments, and all that. Right now, does he deserve to fight the winner of Khabib and Tony? If he's not, no, Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor. All right. It's Justin Gaethje. <laughs> I don't know. I think I. I honestly, it's, I honestly w- think him and Gaethje are equally deserving. Which means I think personally, without what you said, without Conor being who Conor is, that should be a fight happening really soon to de- determine the number one contender after the winner of Tony and Khabib. I disagree wholeheartedly with that because his only win in a couple years now is against a Cowboy Cerrone who'd gotten knocked out in his last two fights. I do think it's a little closer than your... I just think it's definitively Justin Gaethje is more deserving than Connor. I don't know if it's that definitive, though, is my argument. Or why not? I do think it is Justin Gaethje. Justin Gaethje is the true number one contender for sure. Mm-hmm. But based on Conor being a former champion, like like I said, even if he's not Conor McGregor, he is a former three two time champion, um, coming off of a nice win over Cowboy Cerrone, which is the same win that Justin Gaethje's coming off of. Correct? Yes. And while Gaethje has two more wins before that, like I don't think it's I don't think it's that vast of a difference. I think Connor yeah, should have to fight another fight before he gets to a title uh, title shot, in my opinion. But when you do factor in that he's Connor McGregor, then it makes it a whole lot closer. I do think that's what the UFC obviously wants next, is Connor to fight for the title because it's a bigger sell. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of silly because I don't think a title matters in a Connor McGregor fight. We saw that with the Cowboy fight. The least promotion we've ever had for a Connor McGregor main event, and it still sold extremely well, especially considering he's on ESPN+. Plus. Um, yeah. All right. Are you done? Yeah. Go ahead. Pulling up Gaethje's resume, I I think it just backs up my argument a little bit more because his most recent win is the same way as Connor's, which makes him equally deserving. But obviously, he has two more wins, which makes him having three wins in a row, which backs up your argument. But 
those wins are against Edson Barboza and James Vick. Yeah, James Vick is whatever. You can take that one out. I feel like Edson Barboza is still a notable win. Even if Edson Barboza has never fucking been champion and always loses that big fight or the one step down from a big fight, whatever you want to say, Edson Barboza is still res- and the reason, me, a respectable win. The reason he would get the number one contender is how he wins. Because how you win is just as important as how many wins you get in a row. He's knocking everybody out, which gives him the argument for the title. I'm just so saying, I, I understand. you can win a fight once every four years and get a title shot. George St. Pierre did. I mean, that's GSP, though. He didn't actually lose his title. This is Conor McGregor. I'm, you said to factor out who they are. I I know. I agree with you. It but is, it's still, even exactly, if it's... Exactly. So it's Justin Gaethje. Even if it's not Conor McGregor, it's still a former two-time champion who's coming off of a win. The same win as Justin Gaethje. Even though... even. I'm agreeing with you. Cowboy that Gaethje's the got most knocked deserving. out against Gaethje, then went on to get knocked out by Tony Ferguson, or he got knocked out before. I can't remember what order he got no, knocked he, out the in. The Ferguson fight got stopped because of the his eye blew up. He got finished in two, three straight fights now, and the third one was against Conor McGregor. There has to be a uh, law diminishing return there. You can't. Everyone that knocks out Cowboy, it doesn't have the same impact when you're the third guy in the row to finish him. I'm agreeing with you that Justin Gaethje is the most deserving, even if you take Conor McGregor's name out of it. I just don't think it's as fast of a difference as you do, is all I'm saying. I just think it's definitive. I think it's close, but it's still definitive. Conor also, just as the as a counterpoint, also has the most impressive win against Cowboy against all of them. So That's also a fair point. He has probably also, has, he's the most impressive Cowboy. The other finishes led up to a much more diminished Cowboy than before. Or the step up in opponents is getting better and better. Because, let's face the facts, Connor's better than Gaethje, even if he is less deserving. That that would be an interesting fight to find out. Because this is Justin Gaethje is one of the guys I would never want Conor McGregor to fight, especially now. I you, would I would put so fucking much money on it. Connor knocks him out. Gaethje's never I, been knocked it's out. It's very. He's been TKO'd, I believe, by Alvarez. He's never correct? been knocked out, probably. Either. I thought, I mean, he lost by knees and punch. I felt like Alvarez, dang it, put him out. He wasn't out, though, is what I'm saying. Like, he's not going to put him to sleep, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I think, though, that he could do what Eddie Alvarez and Dustin Poirier did to him, but he has to avoid the pressure and the takedown. Connor is a very different fighter. Let's, again, it goes back to technical versus brawler. Connor's not a brawler, Eddie Alvarez is. Mm-hmm. So and I don't look know. What, look don't, what Connor did to Eddie. I don't know if a technical fighter can do that to Justin Gaethje like a brawler can. Is what I'm saying. And the I brawler think wasn't able to do shots it. Shots a lot better. He might be able to do it even faster than them. Maybe. I'm just saying it's two different styles, so it's hard to compare Connor and Eddie versus Gaethje. I agree, but yeah. at the same time, when you when you don't, Connor has the power to beat him, and that's why I would pick Connor. It's strictly power, not even just because he's a brawler, because he's more technical. It's the power. Eddie Alvarez didn't have the power to finish him in the brawl. That's why his, he had less of a chance than Connor would now. Does that make sense? Who do you have, mm-hmm. Connor versus Gaethje, Bryce? I'm picking Connor McGregor against not, anyone I'm in not 155 asking, no. pounds. Again, take, take out Connor McGregor being Connor McGregor. I would, I would still pick Connor McGregor. What, who has a better chance against Khabib, Connor, or Gaethje? Probably Gaethje, just stylistically. I just think he might have the tools to stagnate. Khabib's strengths better. Wrestling plus striking, basically. And uh, pressure striker, too. 
Conor yeah, McGregor is a pressure striker. I think striker, the pressure is the biggest thing. Just relentless forward pressure is not something because Khabib normally gets the bully guys up to the fence and then he can take them down and just do whatever he wants to them. And I think that Khabib might be able to stagnate that forward pressure that Khabib would normally bring. Gaethje being a significantly better wrestler than Conor McGregor gives him a pretty easy edge, in my opinion. Just for the sake of argument, do you think, since you guys are obviously comparing Gaethje with Conor, and you think it's more of a close comparison than I do, you think Gaethje has a better chance to beat Masvidal than Conor does? Masvidal, yes. Damn. I mean, maybe. I don't. I don't think. So. I mean, I just think that that's too much weight. Either way, I think that honestly, Connor might because he has more power. But I don't. Because I don't think that grappling will hold up as well moving up fifteen pounds. But I don't think Connor's power is going to translate well moving up to one hundred seventy pounds against Jorge Masvidal as opposed. Yeah, to... Yeah, who's never been yeah. finished. I mean, it's hard. I don't. Wouldn't pick either of them against Masvidal. I'm just saying I think if I had to pick who had a better chance, I would pick Gaethje personally because, again, the wrestling factor in the wrestling, and he's a different type of pressure striker than Conor McGregor. He's not afraid to brawl, and that's what Jorge Masvidal is going to do is brawl with you. Maybe Conor could pick Jorge apart while he's trying to brawl, but fight fire with fire, I think. I'd lean towards Gaethje. Just listening to what you're saying, then you're just saying brawler is better than technical striker nine times. It's it's about the... um, because you keep picking I, I think when you when there's a size difference though I think it leans it in the brawler's advantage a little bit. But even at the same weight you were I'm just saying you said the brawler in different weight classes is different weight classes. I don't you, well, you said you I think it it wasn't necessarily him being a brawler it's just a pressure yeah. striker that is better at grappling. But I'm talking about Gaethje versus Connor. At 155. I don't even remember you what the were, fuck I said about Gaethje versus Connor at that point. This, that was three hypothetical fights ago. Yeah, what that did was I say? so long ago. I don't even remember. <laughs> I, I just remember you saying the brawling aspect versus a technical, and then you were giving the advantage to Gaethje, and you're doing the same thing at a different weight. I feel nobody. Connor hasn't had to deal with somebody who puts on the type of pressure that Gaethje does. Okay. Well, I mean, just, Eddie Alvarez has done it before. He just couldn't do it against Connor. Right. But I don't think Gaethje is going to be as apprehensive against Connor as Alvarez was. Alvarez looked like he was shell shocked in there. He was. He looked very different. But I was very happy for it. And maybe Gaethje would too. I don't think he would. I think he's too dumb to be scared. Um, but I don't know. I if the fight ever were to happen, I've it would be a debate on who I had to pick. But sitting here right now talking about it, based off what we've seen recently, I think I would lean towards Gaethje. And I would love to put money on it with you. <laughs> like I said, once the fight happened and we got <laughs> down to it, maybe I'd end up picking Connor. But as we're talking about it, as a hypothetical on February 3rd, I just don't know. I want the fight to happen. I prefer that over Connor versus Khabib, but I'd rather see Gaethje versus Khabib than Gaethje versus Connor. Eh, maybe. I don't know. That's. I don't know about that. I want Connor McGregor to fight before the summer. I want him to fight three times this year. Dana said it's probably going to be the fall. Oh, that sucks. Because we have to wait on stupid Khabib for stupid Ramadan. And that's well, why you fight Gaethje now. fight Gaethje because... If Connor's got a I'm title not, fight waiting in the wings, he's not fighting Gaethje. Maybe. I don't know. I'm trying to maintain hope that he's going to fight three times. We're gonna he get, said he wants to fight before summer. We're going to get Gaethje uh-huh. versus Ferguson is what's going to happen. 
Which I love that fight too. But Gaethje but. has to like Gaethje does not have a fight scheduled. Connor just fought. Khabib and Tony are about to fight. Gaethje's just hanging out. Yeah. So, yeah, he he, def- he definitely doesn't want to fight Gaethje. He has a title fight coming. But if he's true to his word and wants to fight three times, who's going to get another warm up fight? And who is that going to be? Dennis Seaver, baby, the rematch. Oh yeah. Put it back <laughs> in Boston. Fucking a. Let's do it. So two million pay per views. I said two minutes. I meant two rounds. That was, a, I that mean, was a, good, a good one. We can laugh about it. I'd watch it. <laughs> I'd watch anything. <laughs> I Connor would watch it too. UFC. Conor McGregor could fight anybody. I'd watch it. Anybody? Probably anybody. Tyson I would watch Fury. It. <laughs> <laughs> I'd still watch it. What It'd about very bad? And what short, if it was in the WWE wrestling match? Like I would, I would watch matches. a Conor McGregor WWE match. All right. Fucking quote him on that because that might be the third fight this year. <laughs> WrestleMania, baby. It's two months away. Um, but I think that's all I have for topics, unless somebody else want to bring something up before we get into the picks for UFC 247. Yeah. Uh, my I have questions, but they rela- relate to the UFC 247 headliner. So we can talk about that after we make that pick. So we'll get into picks for UFC 247. I th- personally think this is the weakest pay per view card of all time even with there being two title fights on the card. And that's... It's, it's awful. That's with cards headlined by fucking Mighty Mouse and Chris Carriasso. I... Yeah, I think that's... A, you're pushing it? I, I don't know. Man. Maybe because I like John Jones so much, I'm intrigued by him, and I was not really ever intrigued by a Mighty Mouse fight. But at the same time, I also think you're underestimating Reyes. I'm kind of leaning towards what Bryce was saying earlier in the week oh, where... Boy. This is going to be an interesting one. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll hold that thought and we'll talk about it when we get there. It's definitely not to the degree, but okay. I I have very reasonable takes, okay? We're picking the entire main card despite two of the fights not belonging on a main card. The opener on the UFC 247 main card, Derek Lewis, is a minus 280 favorite against Iller Latifi, a plus 220 underdog, I believe making his heavyweight debut. Yes. Um, it's a good fight. It is a good fight. Not even a good fight, but seeing Derek Lewis fight is a good fight within itself. It's intriguing. Yeah, but that's why I should And say. Latifi making his heavyweight debut. Um, all that being said, I think this is a fairly easy fight to pick. Latifi is a short, light heavyweight. Derek Lewis is a tall heavyweight. Uh, Iller Latifi's lost to all the best fighters he's fought. Vulcan Uz, Demir, Dominic Reyes, I believe. Um He's just—he's a middle-of-the-road fighter, in my opinion. Derek Lewis, obviously not the most technical guy in the world. Not going to go over there and amaze you with his skill. He does one thing, but he does it really fucking well. And I don't see any way on this planet Iller Latifi can combat what Derek Lewis does. So I think Derek Lewis gets an easy, easy win over Iller Latifi. My balls are hot. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I've got Derek Lewis. Obviously, when somebody's transferring to a new weight class, and it's it's how do you pronounce his first name? Iller. Iller Latifi. I probably said it wrong. You but did. I told you what it's saying. You said a completely different thing. <laughs> <laughs> but in saying that, I got Derek Lewis, and he's also just at a much higher level, even, despite a different weight class. Agreed. And I'm most the most intriguing thing about the fight is the post fight. It was disappointing last time. It was, but Ronda, I also Ronda, have Derek Lewis. Ass um, I think that what I'm most excited for is to see Derek Lewis, his second camp post losing all this weight and stuff like that, and being able to work out more. I just want to see what how 
much better he looks. I want to see him actually be able to go for three rounds relatively strong against a guy that shouldn't pose too much of a threat in Ilya Latifi because I don't think he's going to knock him out and I don't even know if he can reach his head with his Facts. hand. I think this um, should be a showcase for Derek Lewis. It should be, without a doubt, and that's what I'm looking forward to, and I hope that that's what it is. And then I hope he has he calls out somebody. Yeah, knockout, call out, good post-fight interview. Let's do it. Yeah. Merksad Bektik is a minus 145 favorite against Dan Ige, a plus 115 underdog. Another pretty easy one for me. I don't. I think the odds should be a little farther than they are. Bektik has fought has a, at a very high level, fought top-level guys, some of the best guys in the world. Ige has been very underwhelming in his UFC career. I think it's another easy pick, and Mark Bektik gets an easy win here. I have Dan Ige. Ooh, okay. He's on a four-fight win streak, but obviously, notably, like you said, it's much lesser opponents. I don't know any of these people's names, so despite him being on a four fight win streak they're out against lesser opponents but i'm gonna take the risk and go with the underdog and say fuck it give me dan dan the man dan the dynamite bectic is also coming off a loss against josh emmett so two of two of his last four fights are losses even though like we just said multiple times it's much better opponents i will say though that loss against darren elkins man he choked that one up he that was bad (laughs) he was beating the crap out of Elkins, and that was probably the greatest comeback I've ever seen. Brendan just picked the underdog in Dan Ike. I just want to point out, Brendan is 0 for 3 on picking underdogs so far this year. I'm keeping track of that stuff now. <laughs> That's good to know. I'm also going to go with... Mer- it, it says on Tapology, just Mersad. Bektik. Names, four names so all over the place in MMA. It's crazy. Wiley Zhang, Zhang Wiley. Nobody knows. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with Bektik here, though. I think He's really, really good. He's now 28, so he's getting into his fighting prime. And I just think that Dan Ige is just not on the level of uh, Bectic in this one. Juan Adams, as Bryce likes to say, the minus 230 favorite against Justin Taffa, the plus 180 underdog. Uh, Adams is a fairly heavy favorite here, minus 230. He's coming off of two straight losses with his last one being to Greg Hardy. And that's what... uh, that's what is that's the biggest strike against him to me is that he was a Greg Hardy opponent and he lost. Obviously, Greg Hardy has some raw skill, but UFC is literally feeding guys to Greg Hardy. So if you if you were matched up against Greg Hardy, means you're not great. I'm gonna pick Justin Taffa here just for that fact alone. Both of these guys have less than three fights in the UFC, by the way. Why is this on the main card? Of a fucking pay per view. Headlined by John Jones. Well, I guess to be fair, Juan Adams has three fights in the UFC. This will be his fourth. I'm picking Justin Taffa. I'm picking Juan Adams. He's a favorite. Don't know much about these two fighters, so I'm going to go with Juan. Nobody knows much about these two fighters because they should yeah. yeah, they probably shouldn't be in the UFC. I'm also going to go with Juan Adams. Um, Juan. Okay. <laughs> um, Justin Taffa, he made his UFC debut last October, and he got knocked out in the first round. Octagon jitters. Okay. So he's... He's, they're both bad, so it's pretty mm. much a pick em. I'm just going to go with who the favorite is. Justin Taffa could be a former champion. We don't know. He has three uh, professional fights before that. Yeah, he exactly. Belt in three fights? Is that a thing? Huh? No, I said he could be a future world champion. Oh, I thought you said former. No, maybe I did, but I meant future. I think I, I definitely heard former. Well, so. you're stupid sometimes, though. Oh, that's true. 
<laughs> oh, that's true. Uh, I'm going to go with Juan Adams, though. Juan Adams. Valentina Shevchenko, this is the first title fight of the year, and she's defending her women's flyweight belt as a minus 1,400 favorite against Caitlin Chukagian, the minus, or plus 750 underdog. Valentina Shevchenko is minus 1,400 in a fucking title defense. That is bananas. Yeah, against a girl in Caitlin Chukagian that only has lost twice. Yeah, um, I mean... There's not even much to say here. Valentina Shevchenko is going to pick a, pick apart Chukagian as she has everybody not named Amanda Nunes. Uh, easy, 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 easy win for Valentina Shevchenko. It should just be a beheading, but it's I'm going to go with Shevchenko. Yeah. I just think, I mean, Valentina Shevchenko, she's definitely the second best women's MMA fighter on the planet, right? Probably. Yeah, yeah Nunes. Yeah. Hard to argue against, yeah. Nunes. Yeah, Nunes is number one. Yeah. That's why I said Shevchenko's sure. number two. Yeah. I think pound for pound, she's probably better than Cyborg. Yeah, I would agree. Because I think she can beat everyone in three different weight classes except Amanda Nunes. Right. Yeah, because I, I mean, she beat the best straw weight. Only or strike the potentially best straw weight. The only strike against her would be that she's in a basically made up division right now. But I mean, she's beaten everybody else at one fifteen and one thirty five that she's faced too. She so. beat Holly Holm. She beat. Sarah Kaufman, who else? Uh, I feel like there's another... Joanna? Yo- yeah, she beat Joanna. I was thinking of another 135-er. Uh, um, Pennington? Juliana Pena. So, I mean, those are legitimate names at 135. For sure. Yeah, she's, beat, so, she's beaten everybody but Amanda Nunes. Like, yeah. Exactly. Um, I feel like I had another point on this fight, but I lost it. So, I'm just going really to move on to the main event unless it comes All I know is mind. I saw a... a hype video of like five there's like five minutes long about uh valentina what is up with all of these like ex-russia country females beating up trees i don't know is that a thing (laughs) yeah she was like kicking i've seen like little uh ex-russian country female children beating up trees uh and gaining (laughs) social media attention and she was just beating the crap out of a tree in this video too have you ever have you ever encountered the shevchenko stands on twitter no. It's a weird community, dude. I hope you never run into it. It's fucking wild. <laughs> How bad is it? Dude, it's weird. It's really weird. I, I I would imagine if when she wins and I go under like the and still tweet from the UFC, I'll probably encounter it. There's bizarre shit in there, man. Like <laughs> I it's weird. That's the best it's crazy. Um John Jones is a min- only a minus four fifty favorite against Dominic Reyes. The plus 325 underdog. Reyes is undefeated in his MMA career. Obviously undefeated in the UFC as well. Wildly impressive at MMA. That's hard to do. But he's facing the undefeated guy in MMA in John Jones. Um, Tiago Santos is the only guy that's not a an extremely, extremely high-level fighter to even come close to beating John Jones. Um, I just I don't see how this is a question mark for anybody. Dominic Reyes being a little bit of a wrestler poses a threat to John Jones, but we forget it because he never has to use it. John Jones is also a very good wrestler. Dominic Reyes just doesn't have the tools in his fucking bag to beat John Jones because John Jones has every tool in his bag. So another easy pick here and an easy win for arguably the GOAT, John Jones. Yeah, the only way he has a chance if he rocks him and knocks him out, which John Jones' chin is incredibly good. Maybe the best, if not one of the best, or one of the best, if not the best. So 
Maybe he, the best. Has quite he, possibly. Has anybody ever rocked him? Not that he faces any crazy strikers. I mean, he has fought some crazy strikers. Machida, uh, TRT Vitor, Daniel Cormier. He's fought very good strikers and never really been in trouble. Gus would be the only fight he's been in trouble, but I never felt like he was rocked in that fight. Either way, John Jones is like, no matter where this fight goes, John Jones should dominate it. And I'm, I don't know if it's just me wanting it to be a good fight, but I feel like it's going to be a better fight than we have been seeing recently in John Jones, whether it's by dominance or not. I'm just hoping and expecting a more fun fight, whether that's he has more of a killer instinct so he can actually fucking finish a fight rather than having another decision. So hopefully he has more killer instincts in this fight and finishes him. I don't care how, but a finish should happen. I have John Jones. Okay. John Jones I also have me. John Jones. I think that that's uh, very clear, and that should be the way it always goes. Um, one thing in his corner to uh, possibly lead to a more exciting fight. The last time he looked as bad as he did in a fight, uh, which was, in my opinion, against OSP. So, wait a second. Rephrase that. You said that weird. The last time he looked bad, and he looked Okay. Pretty rough against Thiago Santos. You said, you said the last time he looked this bad. I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, in his last fight, the last time he looked bad, uh-huh. he followed that up by an Im- wildly impressive fight against DC where that was the head kick. Okay. He was losing Even though for a it, while. Huh? He was losing for a while in that fight, though. Yes, he was. But he ended up yeah. finishing the fight yeah. emphatically. And then he also uh, finished Gus in the fight after that. Um. And so, in that side, maybe he's going to come out and show that, yeah, I may not have had a good fight against uh, Tiago Santos, but, I mean, for one, he messed up the guy's both of his legs to where he, could, he couldn't walk for, like, months. Um, and he also might go to make a statement to Dominic Reyes before moving to heavyweight. Mm-hmm. I think that Reyes is a lot more impressive the more that I learned about him. But even then, he hasn't been, like super crazy in my opinion in terms of the performances we were there uh at his second ufc fight against jeremy kimball and i thought he was impressive then and he knocked out jerry cannonier he beat osp at a split decision against vulcan uzmir and obviously just most recently knocked out chris weidman i I think think it's definitely an impressive stretch but it's nothing that'll compare to fighting john jones chris weidman's not an impressive win to me not now um, I, think, I just think the fact that the way that it happened mm-hmm. was impressive. Yeah, he did what he should have done in that fight. I agree. I'm just saying, name wise, Weidman's not a, a marquee win anymore. Um, a split decision against Volkan Uzumir, I don't think is the greatest look in the world because Uzumir has fallen off significantly from his title run. Mm-hmm. Um, Derek Cannonier is the most impressive name on that list to me, but he looks better at 185 than he did at 205. So. Yeah, and this was also like a year and a half ago when he fought Jerry right. Cannonier. Um, um, I think he has a lot of skills, but John Jones, like you said, he has every skill that there is to have. Thanks. Hopefully, he knocks him out via elbows. Like he just goes fucking ham- like he just goes elbow, 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 and just the fight gets stopped via elbows. If John Jones loses this fight, are you sad, Brendan? He is because he loves John Jones. I would call it more of a disappointment. Than you, a sad. you would be legit sad. I think that you might be almost as sad 
is if uh, don't even say it. Fuck you, Anthony Pettis lost. Don't even say it. I knew you were gonna say it. Don't even say it. But is it a disappointment from I wanted this guy to win, or a disappointment from I wanted this guy to continue his run? Uh, it's more of a legacy perspective okay. than uh, this particular fight, right? I don't even lie to yourself. You love John Jones. You want him to win against literally anybody. If John Jones had a loss or two already, it would definitely not be the same. I like John Jones more so because of his legacy than who he is. I just want greatness to be great and stay that way. You know what I mean? Here's what it here's what it is. Brendan is rooting for John Jones. He's not a fan of John Jones. I root for the Patriots when they're in the Super Bowl because I appreciate greatness. I'm not a Patriots fan. I'm the same way with the Patriots, but that's what it is. You know what I'm saying? But the difference is that Brendan is actually a John Jones fan. Maybe a little bit. I'll call myself. He, I would call he's myself. He's legitimately a John Jones fan. Like, there's no way around it. At this point, you're a John Jones fan. I right? would call myself a fan, but it's not just because of who he is, but it's because of his legacy. I would hope it wasn't because of who he is. He's done some pretty awful things, friend. I would say I'm a fan of his legacy. I don't think that's a crazy thing to say. I appreciate. I can what John appreciate Jones has the done. greatness, but I can also. Eh, I don't think you do. <laughs> I definitely do. He's the second greatest fighter of all time. Um, but he's also not looked great in some of his fights over the last few years that I've paid a lot more attention to the sport. He like had Diago Santos against OSP. He had a counterpoint to that that I saw today. I, I think it was an interview with Ariel where he yep. said, yeah, I was about to ask if you guys watched that. Jordan and Kobe didn't drop 50 a game. I do think that's a fair point. Wait, say that again? But Jordan, Jordan and Kobe played 82 games every year. Jordan he only Co- fights twice. Jones said Jordan and Kobe didn't drop 50 in every game, meaning not every performance is going to be amazing. I agree. What a terrible take. You, If you have weeks, months to prepare for one guy, every performance should be very good. But who who is insanely impressive against every single opponent they face? Who I mean, GSP... I. I can't remember all of his runs, oh, but man. he was at least very clearly winning. He lost to Tiago Santos, according to one judge. A guy that he should have smashed. GSP lost to Johnny Hendricks, according to a judge, too, and the entire public. <laughs> <laughs> and it's also, it's also a different comparison because in basketball, it's the same. Th- it's going to be the same thing every game, just different opponents, different skills that you're facing against. Somebody's going to guard you the same way. They're going to guard you hard. But in a fight... You have the chance of getting knocked the fuck out. That ain't going to happen in basketball. It is a tough comparison because... They also play 82-plus games a year. A basketball game and an MMA fight aren't comparable. It's One MMA fight equals an entire basketball season almost. Yeah. So it would be like if Jordan had an entire bad season, which didn't happen. Like, to Bryce's yeah. uh, side of things. Yeah, I saw that quote, and I wasn't sure if Edwin was saw it and was going to bring it up, but I don't agree with it. I think that he should look better in... He shouldn't look bad in fights. But to Against me, guys, he should be smashing. The thing is, is the only times... I'm trying to think of how to phrase this. There's a difference between looking... Being unimpressive and looking bad. Like the OSP fight. He didn't go out there and have an all-time perfect performance... But it also wasn't a close fight. He de- he did what he had to do to win that fight. It was never close. Mm-hmm. OSP never mm-hmm. had a chance in that fight, even though mm-hmm. John Jones didn't go out there and look like a monster. Now, the Tiago Santos fight does go more to your credit because it was a closer fight with Santos being injured mid-fight, and Jones was in trouble of losing it. 
Yeah. If you win, if Jordan won all of his six rings via one point by a via one point win, it doesn't change if he won all of those by twenty point wins. He still got those six rings. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm not doubting the fact that he gets the job done, but to say to compare it to Jordan or Kobe, it's just a terrible comparison. I don't know if he is because he's the Jordan or Kobe of MMA. But not all of his performances reflect that. His he's beaten insanely good people, mm-hmm. but he doesn't have the performances like Jordan and Kobe did. Because I can't remember the last though. time. Because I mean, a fight is like a playoff series. I think that that's a or like a. Cha- I mean, it's like a champion. It's these like com- a final. Yeah, these comparisons are so stupid. But yeah, they they are. <laughs> but would Joe Jordan or Kobe? not look great in one of those no they look fantastic every single time but the older they got the least perf- per- the least well performed they wait, what's the word on the least i mean the less impressive the less impressive it, they were later in the career i mean jones is He's in, in his, his 30s prime. so what we need what we're saying is jones need to it needs to contract the flu before a fight and have an unbelievable perf- performance in order to be yeah. Jordan. Yeah. He needs to win. Si- he has won six straight title fights. I was about to. Yeah. But still. These are bad comparisons. Yeah, but we're doing stupid. them. We're doing them just I mean, go. Jones made the comparison, so we have to talk about the comparison. Yeah. It was a I bad want, comparison. I want to watch the entire video. I just watched like a two-minute snippet. I yeah, I'm going to end up watching so. it this week. And he said, uh, well, the big, the biggest thing that he said when the two-minute snippet of the day before it released was he thinks his brightest, his brightest time in his fighting career is ahead of him. And he's overcome the adversities. I think he's done with the bullshit. I hope so. He's 32. We just have to... He has to stay out of trouble longer for me to believe that. He's said it a million times. You know what I mean? Yeah. I um, think he's out of the bullshit, but at the same time, I don't. I wouldn't be surprised if one more thing comes up, whether it's his fault or not, because you saw to be on some BS. That's. I mean, that is true. You saw to do be on some BS. <laughs> <laughs> like, look at my man, Anthony Pettis. He's... Cutting himself on fucking piss yeah. test. Yeah, piss test bottles. Um, Daniel Cormier says he thinks John Jones is unbeatable at 205 pounds. Do you agree with it? Do you agree with that? DC says yeah. it's going to take a heavyweight to beat John Jones. Yeah. Because I don't think that any uh, light heavyweight has the power to knock him out. Chag- and nobody, I don't think, in the world has the skills to outpoint him in a five-round fight. Thiago Santos. I did he do it though? No, but his knees exploded. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, John Jones did that to him. So there's only two people that stood a chance. DC lost twice. One was a, listed as a no contest, but he lost twice. And the other one is gone now, and that's Rumble Johnson. That's my personal opinion. With what we saw in Rumble in the two biggest fights of his career, I don't think he could have done it either. He wouldn't have done it, but I think he has more possibility than Ray is and everybody else. Gus? People? Some. I know I say this all the time, but that Gus fight was not as close as some people think it was, man. I didn't watch it. I probably should just so I can have an argument for it, but yeah, I didn't watch it. That was before my time. Uh, was it? Did you bring up everything you wanted to bring up on Jones, Bryce? No, I actually okay. didn't bring up any of these things. We'll bring them up. Um, so, first thing, do you think there will ever be a younger champion than John Jones? How old he was, was he? He was 23 years, 8 months, and 1 day old. No. You just don't get to the top that fast anymore. I agree. I think especially as the sport develops, people will be on the regional circuit longer. I think we and see John Jones is a freak. Like 
I mean, John Jones doesn't happen. He's a once-in-a-lifetime fighter, I think. Um, but at the same point, I think the gap has widened experience-wise where a 30-year-old just has a built-in advantage over a 19-year-old in the UFC, no matter how good that 19-year-old is. Mm-hmm. Just the game is different than it was when John Jones became the champion. Also, he was a freak athlete before more freak athletes moved to MMA. Yeah. Now you have to beat some freak athletes on your way up. For sure. Um, Brendan, your thoughts? Just a quick yes or no. There was a question? Yeah. Yes. Will there ever be a younger champion than John Jones? He's 23 years old, eight months and one day. Ever is a push, but relatively soon, no. Maybe 10 years yeah, later. Yeah, that's a fair, because you never, the game could revert. But I don't think the game will revert. I don't. See, I don't foresee it happening. Um, I don't see it anywhere near ten years. It would have to be past that. I don't. I just don't think it'll happen because even with guys that are gonna grow up wanting to be UFC fighters and start training it earlier, I just think that it's not gonna be. It's not gonna be possible to make the run that he did as and I, early as he did. And I just can't think of anybody who's even been close. Like Israel. Israel's thirty, isn't he? Yeah, he's like oh. thirty. Oh, he's yeah. older than he seems. Yeah. Oh, never mind. Yeah, saying that, yeah, it's probably it probably won't happen. Because yeah. as the game gets I mean, better, the, the prime age is going to stay yeah. more set in stone at a, a thirty age. That gap widens between, like I said, a thirty year old and a nineteen year old. Yeah, I could agree with maybe not ever happening again. So to put it in perspective, it would be like Macy Barber winning the title within the next two years. That's the X factor is the women's divisions. I don't think another male fighter would do it. The women's is such a, it's, it's in its development phase still. So it's hard mm-hmm. to say what's going to happen in those divisions, especially once Nunes is gone. Yeah. And Shevchenko for sure. and whoever else. Um, that would be, I, I agree. I think also just the physical difference between a 23 year old man and a 30 year old man. Yeah. Is crazy. Like I could beat the fuck out of Brendan. Like it'd be crazy. <laughs> it's crazy how we got we're at fifty five seven minutes with no. It seems like we always do that. <laughs> yeah, we literally always do because then we start talking about Conor McGregor or something. Yeah, Conor McGregor or John Jones. <laughs> yeah, it t- today it's a bit of both. Um, so one thing I do know that came out of this interview with Ariel is that he said that Stipe might be next. Hell yeah! Uh, if he does move to heavyweight, do you think anyone beats him? Yes. Who? I don't know if I necessarily have a name, but if he moves up to heavyweight and that's his new division, he doesn't retire undefeated. I think heavyweight is just the one. Heavyweight uh, is such a fucking minefield to navigate. Mm-hmm. There's one obvious one. I think we're all thinking the same name. Everybody on three. One, two, three. Francis. Francis. Yeah, Francis is it. <laughs> one, two, three. He Brendan, goes like on yeah, seven. Brendan on five. <laughs> Sometimes I don't know how to count. It's okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I I agree. I don't think that he would retire uh, but unbeaten just, by another man I if think he, he goes to heavyweight. There's nobody he can't beat at a heavyweight. I might pick him against everybody heavyweight except maybe Francis. I pick John Jones against anybody, and the only person I see him beating, is, or the only person I see him losing to is Francis. But my point is that heavyweight is just such a coin flip like, if DC and Stipe fought 100 times, I think it's safe to say those two are at least two of the top three heavyweights of all time. If they fought 100 times, each person might win 50. Somebody might win 80. I don't know. It's so it's so close. Anything can happen in a heavyweight fight a lot of times. I agree. Especially but, at that level. 
I just don't see Stipe or DC beating John Jones at that weight. His chicken well, legs. DC won't fight John Jones again. His chicken legs are an X factor at heavyweight. Yeah, if, that's true. If, if Francis Ngannou a... kicks the fuck out of John Jones' legs, they might explode. <laughs> they might fall off. I think that that's a big reason of his. Le- legitimately, I think that's a big reason of his success at two hundred five. Because legs? he has, yeah, because he can keep a lot more weight than other guys can because he has such small legs. Right. Um. Okay, so we agree with that. Uh, who do you think is his biggest threat at two hundred five currently? <sighs> Man, Santos. If they fight again, I guess. Probably I don't Santos. know. I think just because of the injury situation, I don't know if he'll be able to still be that same guy. Just who else though? Like who else is going to be that Walker? Oh, well, he looked terrible against Uzdemir. No, who Anderson. Oh yeah. See, I blocked that fight out of my memory. You should never lose to Corey Anderson. <laughs> Corey Anderson's not a threat. Johnny Walker looked terrible against Corey Anderson. I don't believe in Dominic Reyes. Uh, Pick a name. Who's the biggest threat to John Jones at 205 pounds right now? Santos. Santos? Santos? Yes. Both of you? Yeah. Yes. What about you? I think Reyes. But I don't think, I mean, I don't think he's going to win. I think the odds are very accurate where they stand. No, I think Jones should be a bigger favorite. I think he should be minus 800. Okay. And his biggest threat is 265, obviously, Francis. Yeah. Yes. Okay. But I will pick John John Jones to be any man on this planet that he fights. Okay, Mr. Fanboy. Um, (laughs) And then (laughs) where does. But when he fights Francis, just like I would bet with Buju on Conor Gaethje. I'm not betting on that fight. I'm never going to bet. Bryce is a coward. He's never going to bet on a fight, period. And I feel like that fight would not be that great. It's going to be very. John Jones is going to be very tentative. He's not going to get. Try, he's going to do everything to avoid. Everyone should out. be tentative against Francis Ngannou. Literally any human. I'd take. I'd take. Is it to by him. him. I'd be scared to be around him for I, too long. I'd take it to him. I'd bring the fight to that motherfucker. <laughs> I'd rather get ran over by a fucking bulldozer. <laughs> um. Uh, <laughs> my last question: Where does John Jones currently rank in terms of the biggest draws in the UFC? Uh, let me think. We got Connor. Obviously, is ahead of him. I think Khabib has probably moved ahead of him. Um, I'd put Jones at number three, ahead of Jorge Masvidal. Yeah, just because Jones is a proven champion. Jones is he's the legacy guy. Everybody knows John Jones is uh, forever undefeated, and everybody kind of sees him as unbeatable. I think people are tuning in to see Connor and Khabib. Because and maybe wrongfully so with Khabib, but I think in their mind there's a chance they're going to tune into the fight that they lose. They don't have that with John Jones. They're tuning in because of his greatness. You know what I mean? And what about Jorge? Jorge just isn't. He's not there yet. I people okay. love Jorge Masvidal. He's just never been at that level. Maybe okay. maybe changes that against Usman, but I don't see. I think Jones is the number three for me. It's between the three, four, and five range. Whoa. Who would or two two through five range? Okay. Masvidal could do it, but the bad thing is it's hard to say because John Jones by himself has more power than Masvidal. But at the same time, that's who he's point. fighting is the biggest. Why the draw won't be as high as somebody else. Masvidal versus Usman could be bigger than Jones versus Reyes, but Jones is bigger than Masvidal. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's what I makes agree. it hard. I but, think the matchup does matter with uh, the sm- some of these other guys. But if you're saying standalone, three is probably the most reasonable yeah, answer. If, jo- if Jones fights Francis, I think it's third or fourth biggest UFC pay-per-view ever. 
like it would translate to that because it may not technically yeah. be because of the it's new the third or fourth anything. biggest UFC pay-per-view ever I should say mm-hmm. um I think I would have him like either third or fourth with him close to both uh Masvidal and I mean Adesanya is not very far behind uh, he's getting there I think he has to I think he's got to get his name out into the mainstream a little more yeah, I agree. Everybody, I just think that he's on his way. John Jones is a household name. I don't know if Jorge's quite there yet. I, don't, I definitely don't think Maz, or uh, as Adesanya is. Yeah, I almost called I, him, I, I almost called Masvidal George again. I had to stop myself. <laughs> I hate it when people do that. I don't even notice I do it. I don't it's know. So I, it's the Bis, Bisping made me do it. Like I don't even know I'm doing it. It's, I just hear him say it. Yeah, and Chael Sonnen does the same thing. It's tough. I wonder if he cares. Like, you think he gets mad when people call him George? I, I doubt it because he'll just hit him with a knee in the face if he doesn't like him that much. If people started calling me Brandon or something, oh, oh I just gave away my name. But um, <laughs> yeah, if people started doing that instead of calling me Brandon, I think I'd be upset. Brandon. To be fair, we've given them our names this whole time. You're not special. So that was, while we're on the topic of names, it annoys me that people say Brendan's name is Brendan. Like, there's eyes in there. It's Brendan. Brendan. Yeah. People call me Brandon. Mostly Mexicans or mostly minority people, like white people, get the concept. That's that's kind of messed up to say. But Mexicans love calling me Brandon. Like, what up, Brandon? I'm start calling him Breen Dean, <laughs> and <laughs> and I'm I'm just immune to it, so it doesn't bother me at all. Yeah, Brendan. You have to effort Bren, not Bryn. And annoying. Yeah, you. I don't think I've really had any people ever mess up and my this, name. This like yeah, short thing, I just felt like Bucci knows more how to pronounce my name than I do. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why. Say your name. Brendan. Okay, you say it like I do. Yeah. I say it the correct it's, it's way. It's my name. Yeah, <laughs> it's how you say your name. But some people say it, Brendan. Yeah, that they is do. weird. Brendan. I didn't, yeah, I don't, I notice that a lot less. Yeah, I, it bugs me when I hear people say it. Brendan. Brendan. What's another name that people mispronounce that you don't like? <laughs> um, let me think. Uh, Amanda Nunes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that that's what really a, bothers me. Jose weird. Aldo. That was the first one that came to my name, even though I pronounced both of them wrong. Yeah, that's... That and I correct joke. you every time. Yes, sir. Uh, there's probably baseball players that people say wrong that bothers me, but I can't think of any. Robbie Gould. People say Robbie Gold. I say Gold. It's Gould. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Robbie um, Gould. Is, is that about it, friends? I, I, judging by the subject matter, I think it is. <laughs> I got to go to the bathroom all, anyways. All right. So uh, we appreciate you tuning in this week. Uh, leave a comment or send us a message about who you think is going to win this weekend in the two title fights and uh, by method. Um, you can give us a shout on social media at Untitled MMA on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Untitled MMA. Uh, give us a shout there. We'll get back to you as soon as possible. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> Brendan's leaving, and I've, <laughs> I I gave him a goodbye uh, peace sign, and then he keeps popping in and out of the door. Um, uh, if you like this podcast, uh, please give us a like, share, review, subscribe, any of those things on whatever platform you're listening to helps the show get out there, and um, I mean, so more people can enjoy it and helps us grow. Word to your mother. Yeah. Shout out to friend. everybody all over the world doing their thing, stuff like that. Okay. <laughs> uh, in terms of platforms that we're on, in case you want to listen to us 
in a different uh, medium. We're on iTunes. We're on Stitcher, SoundCloud. We're on YouTube. Uh, We're on most platforms that you could possibly think of. Um, So check us out there. Uh, Give us all those likes, shares, comments, subscribes, all of that. We'd really appreciate it. One of my favorite things to do is just take the show completely off the rails at the end of it. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes I notice that. It It tickles me to death. (laughs) <laughs> um, is there anything you want to say to the people before we leave you want to talk shit about Brendan while he's gone tell, no I tell, like him tell some like secrets Brendan. to the people I like Brendan hmm. I'm trying to decide if I do or not <laughs> I think we'll, I you th- spend so much more time with him than I do you're like legitimately best friends would you say that that you're his best friend I don't know he's my best friend I don't know if I'm his best friend <laughs> <laughs> I, I would say that you're I mean, he probably spends more time with you than anyone else, right? Probably. I don't know. I would say that you guys are best friends. All right. Let's send this. You guys should do a cop movie. A buddy cop? Yeah. Buddy, buddy cop. It'd be a weird movie. If, if you had to have a good cop, bad cop, who'd be the bad cop between you two? He'd have to be the bad cop because he's a dickhead sometimes. I'm yeah, a nice you boy. You can't be too, No, stop it. You're being You silly. definitely can, when? friend. Name a, name a time. I can't think of yeah a, exactly you can't name a single time, one, mother- but I know that I've been very hurt by you in the. <laughs> You're full of shit. Get <laughs> out of here. That's the meanest thing anybody's ever said to me. <laughs> I've been very hurt by you at times. What the fuck is that? <laughs> All okay. right. <laughs> For Brendan, for Bryce, I'm Buju. This was the Untitled MMA Podcast. And it's a wrap.